Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles. Welcome to this next edition of The Doctrinal Component. We're looking at the issue, the biblical and theological issue of law and gospel, and we're beginning this discussion by looking at some elements of the life of Andrew Fuller and how he came to engage this particular issue as one of the major theological contributions of his ministry. We have seen that Andrew Fuller was converted and that he had begun to think something about the whole issue of a warrant to come to Christ whether the warrant was an internal warrant that you had to be convinced in your soul that you were among the elect or you were being effectually called, or whether the warrant was an external warrant that Scripture promises that all who believe in him will be saved. He is moving towards seeing that the warrant to come to Christ is not any kind of internal persuasion that you are elect, but was an objective propositional warrant revealed in Scripture that commands us to repent of sin and believe in Christ and that promises that all who do so will be received. Well, he had come to understand that this is what he had done, that God had brought him to a belief in Christ. He was delighted with the the object of his faith, the redemptive work of Christ, In 1770, he saw the baptism of two girls. He was very impressed with this. He says, The solemn immersion of a person on a profession of faith in Christ carried such conviction with it that I wept like a child on the occasion. And then, soon after that, he says, About a month after that, I was baptized myself, and he joined a church at Soham, which at that time was pastored by Mr. John Eve. On one occasion, as Fuller was moving from one place to another, there were two young men about his age that came up to him and began to make fun of him and talk to him with abusive language and cursed him for having been dipped. And he says, my heart instantly arose in a way of resentment, but though the fire burned, I held my peace. For before I uttered a word, I was checked with this passage which occurred to my mind, In the world you shall have tribulation. He says, I wept and entreated the Lord to pardon me, feeling quite willing to bear the ridicule of the wicked and to go even through great tribulation, if at last I might but enter the kingdom. He became very involved in the church. He loved the pastor, Mr. Eve, And on one occasion, he found one of the members of the church drunk. He reprimanded the drunk, told him that this is something he ought not to do. The man who was drunk told Fuller something to the effect that you're haughty and you do not know yourself. You're too young and you have too much confidence in your own power for you to reprimand me, for it is something that sin has done in my soul. Well, he said... Fuller said, yes, but you can keep yourself from these kinds of sins, even though you may not be able to cleanse your heart by your own power. You certainly have the physical power to keep yourself from becoming 
drunk. This led to a controversy. Mr. Eve agreed with Fuller on this, and the church agreed that the man should be disciplined. Uh, but the question of the use of natural determination to avoid sin became a theological discussion in the church. The issue amounted to this. Every precept implies a duty. We are responsible to obey all the commands and will be held accountable for every act of disobedience. But the right performance of the act implies that it is done out of love to God, that is, an affection for God, of which we are void. So in our state of corruption, we have not the spiritual character to perform it rightly. A mere external conformity is no true obedience at all. So these discussions, as they proceeded between the members of the church and Mr. Eve, were difficult discussions for Fuller. And though he agreed with Eve at first, he came to depart with him on this eventually. He says, in October 1771, our pastor, Mr. Eve, left us. I loved him and he loved me and took it hard that I had in some respects changed my views. I learned afterwards that he had entertained thoughts of me as being formed for the ministry, but this contention damped his hopes on that subject. Well, this was a bitter experience for Fuller, but it was the means of leading him, as he says, into those views of divine truth which have since appeared in the principal part of my writings. They excited me to read and think and pray with more earnestness than I should have done without them. And if I've judged or written to any advantage since, it was in consequence of what I then learned by bitter experience in the midst of many tears and temptations. So he has had this particular experience of looking at the relationship between a duty that is binding upon all moral agents and yet the indwelling inability to perform this duty in the right way. This will lead him to consider the issues of moral ability and natural ability as he found them in the writings of Jonathan Edwards. And as he says, uh, it led him uh, into the particular theological discussions and theological reflections uh, that formed the bulk of his writings. It led him into those views of divine truth which have since appeared in the principal part of my writings, as he says. But we'll pick up with this in our next edition of the Doctrinal Component and see some of the ways in which this theological idea affected Andrew Fuller. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Doctrinal Component. I hope that you will hear the next one.